And I think I started with this idea that um, we often speak of Indian thought as fatalistic, but on the other hand, we see that uh, there are so many stories in Indian thought which go towards change of fate. So since you mentioned about Savitri, one striking thing about Savitri is that Savitri is about changing fixed destiny. This was the day when Satyavan must die. Satyavan dies, but that's half the truth. Satyavan comes back. That's the complete truth. So, in Savitri, we see Shurabindo unraveling the entire secret of fate. So, fate can be changed in the sense um, that the ultimate goal, what is going to happen, that which is something beautiful, as I said, what is going to happen is not events and circumstances and situations, but ultimately the unveiling of the divine within us, that is fixed. But the path that we would take is something which is to an extent left to us. Meaning thereby, if we offer a hard, rocky resistance, he will still chip out the God-like figure we are meant to be. But the chipping will be, it will appear very crude to our you know, to, to us because, well, we are offering a hard material. This is based on one of the aphorisms Shurabindu says. But if we become more and more plastic to the divine will, which is what we are speaking about, more surrendered, more full of faith, then the methods are also gentler. So the divine will will be fulfilled in creation. This is fixed. But the road towards it, well, we may make the road journey smoother, we can compress the time, help in the whole unfolding, sift with minimum suffering and pain, or we may prolong the play, make it full of, you know, all kinds of uh, unwanted things, disaster and catastrophe, which is not what the divine wants. But if you offer resistance, this is the process. So, ultimately, it is possible to change. Uh, uh, we can look at it both ways. We can participate in the great divine becoming of the will manifesting itself, in which case we don't use the word change, but we collaborate with the change which is already fixed and planned. At the other hand, on the other hand, we can say that we can change fate in the sense instead of taking this road, we can take a more beautiful road. Ultimately, we'll reach that point. But the road, the path, the goal we choose, that becomes our fate. If we take this particular route, we'll go through certain experiences of life, individually and collectively. If we take this other route, there would be other kind of experiences in life. But regardless of it, all these experiences, events, circumstances, will be meant to lead us toward that inevitable will which is going to express itself so the um, secret of life is to learn to align more and more with the divine will to become plastic to the divine touch which implies that not to be attached to anything except the fulfillment of the divine will within us individually and collectively so, this detachment is not uh, stony indifference. That's not how it, it is bent. 
but to do what we are meant to do in everything in our relationships in life in work whatever we are doing but the object of doing them should not be um, my egoistic satisfaction or personal happiness but the fulfillment of the divine will even in a let's say in a relationship it should if we look at it it's such a practical thing if i want to satisfy my egoistic uh, needs or desires in a relationship it won't go very far because life is organized in this way it will hit us we'll get hurt we'll hurt others it'll bring pain but if i take it that i'm using the word uh, this relationship because it's the most complex thing to handle by the way work is easy so <laughs> because you are dealing with the most complex creation the nuttiest case ever that creation has ever brought out is man so but if we take that this relationship is not to satisfy my desires or my pleasures but to fulfill the divine will then life begins to change it becomes something very happy then both become uh, collaborators for each other's progress that is the whole idea of fire at the center and moving around seven firas or i don't know seven is only the beginning it will go on to 700 7000 but fire should be at the center the fire of aspiration the divine will fire is that divine will what is the divine will that has brought two peoples together the vast intention that brings Two, three, four, five. As we make uh, very intuitively said, uh, the fact that we are all together here. What is the divine intention to feel that, to fulfill it, rather than how I can benefit? What will be to my advantage? Then we are, uh, you know, creating more and more challenges and difficulties. So this is the way we have to look at it: that whether to fulfill God's will and purpose. or to try it my own you know so when we surrender to the divine will it not only empowers it is the, the what is the right attitude right attitude is this is not taking a passive attitude okay jo hona hai hoga jo hua acha hua that whatsapp geeta jo hua acha hua jo hoga acha hoga jo ho raha hai acha hoga it's not about that what is acha is you know it's it's about the fulfillment of divine will and that's how if we take that right attitude then we can say that whatever happens will be the bestest best when mother was asked this question does always the best happen she said well it has happened it was and it was the best that could happen but can it become better yes if we adopt the right attitude and then she gives an example that if somebody is um you know you you meet somebody who tries to harm you so we can take a set of attitudes in that you know during that process we can react with fear so when we react with fear we are supporting the action of the person who is coming to terrorize us we are feeding fear feeds that which brings fear or supposed to invoke fear within us but on the other hand we take the other attitude that behind this appearance behind this mask there is the unfolding of the divine will can i align myself with that then fear sheds the appearances its dark attire and we 
move joyously and i can give you just one example before we enter into the either question answer that other domain which you know i was bande matram was reminding me of we went through this corona crisis so we could take an attitude what's going to happen to my body and how to escape so we have various means vaccination this that 100 means each valid and invalid depending on how we look at it and we go through that process is it the end of the story no it's not the end of the story because we fail to read the divine will behind every crisis crisis comes to empower us not to weaken us so why do we have these challenges of life like corona so that we can grow within to an extent that we can truly master all these wireons that are all the time surrounding us to take this challenge of life and conquer it inwardly if you put it practically it means to develop our immune ability to an extent i'm in corona case instance i'm saying that not only we can handle this but we can handle all future so ultimately like for instance shobindu took it to what level supramental body will be automatically immune to all illnesses is there a way that i can discover ways and means that my own immune system can handle all future diseases that is the direction it this frightful mask is trying to remind us just like wars come to remind us that you know simply trying to create an organization and bring peace while our attitudes remain selfish won't succeed so if we reach out and feel the divine will then there would be nothing to be afraid and everything to gain by the crisis it's an evolutionary crisis all crises individually or collectively are at its bottom evolutionary crisis it is a conflict between the past and the future so what is the future of mankind how do we see it supported by 100000 medicines and machines or we see humanity empowered to take every possible challenge of every possible disease and find the inner ways to tackle with it that's where the choice lies so every crisis comes to remind us not only of the present imperfection but of the way towards the future so in this regard just one little story so many stories we see these two gospels all the time we make one of the two choices again about fate and freedom so hiranyakashyap doesn't want to die so he takes an arduous tapasya and he ultimately asks a boon from god that may i not die in the morning in the day or at night inside or outside with weapons or virus and so on and so forth neither below nor in sky he asks all these boons and god says so be it so he has mastered all the outer conditions which can afflict us but death finds its door on the other hand his child prahlad he takes another route he says i don't know about life death and all these things i just want to live in the consciousness of the one 
So he lives all the time saying Hari, 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 Hari. And so, whatever way Haranikashup devises to kill him, they turn into a means or a boon for empowering him and strengthening him. So, individually and collectively, we always make this one of the two choices. Either manipulating circumstances and momentarily finding a way of escape, only to find that the maze is still the same bhulbhulaiya. Or we take that very first blow or very first threat as an opportunity to go within and like Prahlad or like Markhandi, discover the Mahamrityunjay inside, discover that one who plays with through all these masks. So this is the way to handle eventually all crises, not just we, we move from one crisis to another. So people are very happy, na? Corona chala gaya. We were very happy when SARS had gone away. <laughs> yeah, these, these are not the lasting solutions. So what Shurabindo brings is the lasting solution to mankind's recurrent crisis. And that lasting solution is change within, to be so empowered to become one with the very divine will. So that nothing is impossible. Only when we are one with the illimitable. So this was one aspect. Second, since we were showing Bande Matram, few thoughts that occurred to me, especially with regard to, there is a very nice thing which came up there, to divide India and Akhand Bharat. So I just thought I must share, Akhand Bharat is not a political idea. It's a spiritual truth. It's not a political idea. Political idea would be create an Akhand Bharat and then go on expanding Bharat. Why it is a spiritual truth? For that one has to go back into Indian thought itself, way back in the hoary past. How India was created? India was not created as suddenly people coming together in a geographical area. India was created like a Yagyabhumi for a certain kind of tapasya, for a certain kind of yagna, which will do good for the world. It's a yagya bhumi. And look at how it was created. It's in subtle formation. So people often say, oh, mothers, that picture which was flashed, Akhand Bharat. Because she knew this truth. If you look at the parts of sati which are all around, you will see the map of, spiritual map of India. One of it is in Baluchistan. There is another in Kashmir. Third in Down South. It is there as a reality. The subtle reality. It is the divine will which created this land to not just uh, for no other purpose but to show light to mankind. <laughs> it is Yagya Bhumi. You don't break a Yagya Bhumi. You don't... Uh, Desecrate it. Mother once said that India is a land where the psychic law can and must rule. It is built for that purpose. And always we know wherever there is a yajna going on, the Rakshasas and Dasuras try to desecrate and defile and destroy it. So what is to be done? 
you have to safeguard it. It's not recently that movie was we had come Kashmir files and people asked me why the Kashmiri pundits had to suffer so much. You know, they were given the treasure which is incomparable Vedanta, Shaivism, Vaishnavism, Shakti, Tantra of various kinds, Buddhism, Christianity, Sufism, all these things had uh, Kashmir literally as a head of India. It was the hub in which all these streams had gone and joined. And the charge of preserving it, of carrying that legacy was given to a few chosen ones. But when you have such a charge, you must be strong. To hold knowledge requires tremendous strength. Knowledge empowers us, but to hold it requires tremendous strength. Otherwise, people turn it into narrow dogmas and all that. And because one just took it for granted, to hold that knowledge means to keep on living it, to to keep on refreshing it by living it again and again, like pressing the refresh button on the computer. You have to keep on reproducing it. And that's where, somewhere, because India took a one-sided approach to Mayavad, that no life is mithya, is an illusion. But that was not the, that was one part of a vast knowledge which India had to give to the world. Life is an illusion in the sense that it's a distortion of a reality, not that it's a non-reality. And because it's a distortion, it must change. And that's where we come back to the change. The distortion can change by expressing the divine will in a straight, direct way rather than the crooked ways. There is a very beautiful line in the Veda, that which makes the crooked straight. So by becoming more and more straight and aligned to the divine will, we help in the chain. We come back to the same point. So it is has become illusion, a painful thing, because the divine will has been distorted, passing through each hand. And in that great distortion, we see that Bharat Bhumi has suffered. Why? Because we, instead of that samagram, maam, that totality, we took one strand. It's maya, maya, maya. And the best is people who talk about maya. (laughs) They are eyeing on your maya. And (laughs) if you tell them, Okay, you, you, if you have really realized world is Maya, why are you trying to convince another? You are convincing about Maya to that which is a non-existent Maya. I want to relieve you of your Maya in your pocket. <laughs> we must send this message straight and now it must go from India. World is not Maya in the way it is understood. It is Leela. Leela Arth. It is not an illusion, a kind of, you know, it is one of the most convenient escape that humanity has. Because it took that line, it's all Maya. So, first the Greeks knocked at the door, it's Maya. Thankfully that, you know, they were Chandragupta Maurya and all these on that side, still the great kings who embodied that fire, so he went away. The Huns knocked, the Shaks knocked, the Mughals knocked. And we were still into Maya. Then the Britishers came. Again the Maya. Then Shurabindo, one voice which woke up through the Bandi Matram. 
it's not a maya, it's the manifestation of the divine shakti. Bow to the divine mother, adore the divine mother, love her with all your heart, live for her, love for her, enrich yourself for her, so that we can serve the divine mother. This was the core message of the Bandi Matra. If you read that whole pamphlet of Bhavani Mandir, it's that. Why India fell? For want of Shakti. And what Shubhindo did was, in a land which had started believing in Mayavad and didn't matter, you know, this, this kind of Mayavad. There is a truth about it. As I said, things are distorted. Maya, there is a very profound truth about Maya and I am not getting into that. But because of this tendency, India fell and why I am you know, emphasizing on it? Because I still see that the moment Indians think about, with all responsibility being an Indian, spiritual life, they still want to meet a Guruji who has outwardly renounced the world, is moving in a certain way. We must bring back the age of Janak, the kings who ruled. They were free inside, Videya. Krishna, the Yog Yogeshwar. Bhishma, the tremendous, powerful Arjuna, the yogi and the vibhuti, that is the India which must be reborn. And I do hope that the Bande Matram film will inspire people to understand the true message of India. It's not otherworldliness, but to join the other world and this world and make heaven and earth grow equal and true and one. If I may just add one thing mm. So there was one picture with Dr. Rajendra Prasad which was not clear. Mm. So in the next it will become clear the message in that is which is given by mother and that message will show up. India must rise to the height of her mission and proclaim the truth to the world. Exactly. So that's uh, the picture has that message. So this is the purpose and Long and even now you see people talking about all this Maya and you know otherworldliness and moksha and uh, moksha not in the sense its true meaning is to be freed from ignorance. And when you are free from ignorance you don't shrink from the world. What is the sign of a man who is free from ignorance? Nirbhayo, that's how it is described. He is freed from all fear. Fear is the sign of ignorance, the greatest impurity. He can participate and act in the world without fear of life, without fear of death, without fear of any loss, without fear of man, apman. He is free. That is moksha. But moksha has taken this coloring of otherworldliness and you know, uh, personally it pains me to still see India and Indians still rushing towards a kind of otherworldly spirituality which has already done a lot of damage to India and to the world because it has given a wrong message. It has divided the world into two. On the other side, we have the Western world where you want to be this worldly. But India has to give the spiritual basis. So India says otherworldliness. So this division cannot heal with this message. The way to heal with is that this material world is to become the expression of the divine. If India can give this message, you will see the antagonism and the antinomy between 
the west and the east heal west is looking for that spiritual answer from india and if india gives the message of maya then who is going to you know really <laughs> follow it because the tendency of the west is you know the outer the material it has its expertise in that but it cannot build on the basis of the message that is all a maya the message must be that matter is meant to manifest the spirit the body is an instrument of the soul and then you have if we heal this antagonism within us we will heal the antagonism in the world this should be the new basis of unity to heal the gulf between the spiritual and the material existence india has to do it because the spiritual is the first if we teach another worldly spirituality we will forever be divided if we teach a this worldly spirituality and by that i mean that this world there is a very beautiful line in savitri this world is god fulfilled in outwardness you have those lines na tejasvima vadhitamastu that's what we want the future of mankind that's god's will in man so hopefully this film will yes i think thank you huh? oh sure you want to have any yeah yeah we can maybe a quick question yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no, that's okay. You please. Question on karma. Like um like we know now we know we are not body, we are soul, right? But we all have to do karma like Krishna said in Gita, we have to do karma and get the result to me. Like but because we think we are body all the time, we get attached to our karma. So all the results we have to suffer, right? So what is the quick way to remind of self all the time? that uh, while doing karma okay this is my only karma i should not attached with that so i'll give a quick answer today and we'll have a long answer tomorrow the quick answer is geeta hints what is the origin of karma visargaha the divine who set the ball rolling what is the original karma it is the divine manifesting himself all other karmas follow later align your karma to that original karma which is the again the divine will in creation and karma becomes a path to great liberation disalign play at cross currents with the divine will karma becomes not just a source of bondage but a source of pain because this great current is going to take us in a certain direction and if we pay at play at cross currents with that all will then we go through that pain this is not about suffering it is about not about reward and punishment suffering is a reminder that something is mess, missing and something is a miss and so we must look within and discover it one step test that you are healthy is <laughs> as a doctor if you are smiling you are fine Okay. and equally i can say if you are sad outwardly everything may be picture perfect but things are not fine depression is the inner barometer which shows us that something is not quite all right inside so suffering itself becomes a grace it's not like we suffer it comes to remind us that look 
align self align yourself more and more every suffering is a reminder that the joy i'm experiencing is not perfect so we have to keep on aligning it's like when you you know when uh, mechanics they repair a, a scooter or you know car they listen to the tuning and they hear the machine and the engine noise and they see it's not correct we can't hear it but they know that this will wear off so they try to tune in so suffering is a reminder that i have not tuned my life to the great divine will within me and it's not like a uniform will working everywhere in the same way in each one it is unfolding in its own unique way and if i align myself life will be fulfilling enriching rewarding in the deepest sense of the word if i don't align even if outwardly i am successful we have to remember the phrase of the gita स्वधर्मो निधनम श्रेया परधर्मो भयावह सो वी मस्ट डिस्कवर आवर ओन द डिवाइन इम्पल्शन विद इन माई सेल्फ एंड एलाइन विथ दिस दैट इज द लॉ ऑफ कर्मा